So Luke chapter 15 verse 1 says this. If you do have a Bible, if you do have a Bible app, uh, open your Bible. We're at Luke 15. Last week we were right at the tail end of Luke chapter 14 as we're going through the Revised Common Lectionary. That's where we were last week. Um, Now we're at Luke, Luke 15 verse 1. And if you were here last week, I want you to listen to this verse in light of what we talked about last week. So last week, you know, was... Um, you know, if you don't hate your mother and father and sister and brother, if you don't hate your own life kind of thing, then you cannot be my disciple, right? So, so I want you to hear this verse in the context of that. Luke chapter 15 verse 1 says this. All the tax collectors and the sinners were approaching to listen to him. Remember that last week we heard Luke 14 Verse number 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Um, and I'd like to say thank you to you who showed up on Thursday. We had a great time just working through, not necessarily arriving at a place of clear answers, but working through what that might mean. It was a wonderful conversation. Now, literally in the next passage, after these very hard words of Jesus, we read that all the tax collectors and the sinners were approaching to listen to him. Or as the NIV says, now the tax collectors and the sinners were gathering around to hear Jesus. Now, why were the sinners and the tax collectors, why were they gathering around to hear Jesus? Um, Simply because he speaks truth and he's a safe place. Because Jesus has good news for sinners and for tax collectors. Jesus is a safe place for sinners. I want us all to say that. We all need to hear that. Jesus is a safe place for sinners. One more time. Jesus is a safe place for sinners. Now, now Queen Elizabeth, who died and went to meet with Jesus just three, three days ago, she, she agrees with me because she said this in 2013. She said, God's love is for everyone. And if you drove in, maybe you saw that on the church sign. But God's love is for everyone. Then she said this, there is no one beyond its reach. Jesus is a safe place for sinners. Now, for the purpose of our teaching this morning, I want to refer to this group of sinners and tax collectors as the gathered. Okay, they are the gathered. They are known as, you know, they are known. They are known as the gathered. This is the name of their society. This is the name of their gang. This is the name of the brotherhood and the sisterhood that they in. They are the fellowship of the gathered. And so, if I was to give a title to this message this morning, I would say something like this, that that disciples gather close to Jesus. Disciples gather close to Jesus. In the eyes of the world, this kind of motley crew is nothing more than tax collectors and sinners. They are unlovely. They are undesirable. They are the rabble. But in Jesus' eyes, they are the ones who've drawn close to him who have come near they have gathered around him they know that they aren't turned away they know that they aren't spurned they know that they aren't rejected instead jesus welcomes them and loves them because jesus is a safe place and so i hope that this morning that you might have the faith to consider yourself part of the gathered as well 
that as you hear Jesus' words and his claims to being the Messiah and the Son of God, the one who died for us, that you press in, that you move closer to him, that you want to hear what he has to say, because this is good news that we're hearing. And if we pay attention, we will hear that Jesus' offer for closeness and for proximity, that, that this wonderful offer of grace is open to both the general sinner, which is everyone, and the specific sinner, which is you. Okay? The general sinner, everyone, and the specific sinner, which is you, right? Luke mentions sinners, which is everyone. We're all sinners. But then he also mentions this group known as the tax collectors, which is a specific group of sinners, a particular flavor of sin or a brand of sin. Now, maybe for you, you, you need to know that Jesus invites everyone who are the sinners, and he also welcomes maybe, you know, the chronically angry. Maybe that is your, your, your flavor of sin or your brand of sin. Or maybe you need to know that Jesus gathers the sinners, which is everyone, and he gathers the workaholic, which is you. Maybe that's what you need to hear. Or maybe you need to hear that Jesus invites the sinners, which is everyone, and the greedy. Or he, or he invites the sinners, which is everyone, and the sexually broken. Or he invites the sinners, which is everyone, and the glutton. Or he invites the sinners, which is everyone, and the faithless. Jesus, he gathers both the tax collectors and the sinners. And so what I'm trying to say, friend, is that Jesus' invitation to closeness is available to everyone in general and to anyone regardless of their specific brand of sin. Jesus is a safe place to everyone and anyone, including you. As long as you're willing to press in and to gather in in faith. And so this fellowship of the gathered presses into Jesus. And here's the funny thing, is that as they press in closer to Jesus, they find that they're actually getting closer to each other at the same time, right? This is science, right? Science says that as, as we choose to converge on a central point, not only do we get closer to that thing in the center, but we also get closer to each other, which is why the hokey Koki UK version is so much more fun than the Hokey Pokey, the Canadian version, right? Because in the Hokey Cokey, the UK version, we have this whole extra part in the song where we all join hands and we do this. We go, oh, Hokey Cokey Cokey, okay? And then we go back out again, and then we, and then we say it again. Oh, hokey cokey cokey. And what's happening as you're hokey cokeying is that you're pressing in until you're all in this kind of mass of humanity there at the middle. And then at the end, we go knees bent, arms stretched, rah, rah, rah. Like I said, hokey cokey, more exciting than the hokey pokey. Okay, but what Jesus is doing here is he's doing like a holy hokey cokey there. And he's right in the middle. And as people press in closer to him, they also find that they're actually pressing in closer to each other. Now, if we jump forward a few verses, we find out that it's not just the sinners and the tax collectors. It's not just that they're pressing into Jesus. We also learn that Jesus is going out to find them and to meet them. 
and to gather them in and to bring them in. It's like there's two motions of energy here. Again, science, you know, it's the sinners who are pressing in because they love to be with Jesus. And and there's there's this second motion of energy of Jesus going out to bring in the sinners. Luke chapter 15, verse 3 says this, So he told them a parable Verse 4, what man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it. When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and coming home, he calls his neighbors and his friends all together. Now, I love this because what this is showing us is that salvation in Jesus isn't just about us moving closer to Jesus it's also about Jesus moving closer to us. In fact, as you read in the Bible, Jesus always makes the first move. So Jesus, he puts in the effort. He leaves the warmth of his home. He leaves the safety of the sheep pen or whatever. And he goes out into the darkness of the hillside, into the darkness of your life, into the darkness of this world, because he's heard that one of the sheep is missing. And, and it's not even that Jesus is willing to put in 50% if we put in 50%. It's more like the, the movie Hitch, okay, where, where Hitch <laughs> is teaching Albert Brenneman how to kiss. And Hitch tells Albert to go 90% of the way, right? Not 50% of the way, okay? You, you can't be standoffish when you're going in for your first kiss. You've got to go 90% of the way. And, of course, you know, Albert kind of messes it up and he goes all the way. There's this little awkward moment there. But this, but this image in Hitch is helpful to us, minus the kiss, because what it's saying to us is that Jesus um, goes all the way out to where we are. He goes 90% of the way. He goes 95% of the way. He goes 99% of the way. He goes 99.9% of the way. This is Jesus' commitment to us. He goes out to where we are. But he doesn't go 100% of the way, right? Meaning, he can't force us to come into him, right? Uh, this, this final step of trusting Jesus, this last 0.01% is something that only we can do. God cannot make the decision for us. We need to come to him. We need you know, to actually gather into where he is. But Jesus goes 99.9% of the way to call us to him. And in faith, we respond that final 0.01% as it were. And this is why Jesus came to be born you know, as a human being, because he knew that we were out on the hillside of planet earth and there was no way that we were ever going to come into where he was and if we're to take this metaphor of the incarnation then jesus actually is no longer the shepherd but he actually became a sheep so that he could live as a sheep and he could speak sheep and he could relate to sheep and he could tell us in sheep language that there is a good shepherd who loves us and that it's okay to come in Now, of course, when I say that Jesus became a sheep, I mean that Jesus became human, right? Jesus became a human so that he could die as a human and he could live as a human and uh, he could kind of live that life and he could die that death that we could never die or live. So Jesus is both, you know, the good shepherd and the sheep who laid down his life. Both of these pictures are used of Jesus in the Bible, which is why 
You know, John the baptizer said of Jesus, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so this kind of brings us back to our text this morning, that Jesus isn't just passively waiting there in the middle for us to kind of hokey-cokey into him, and then he says, hey, I'm, gr- I'm glad that you could come. It's great that you were able to be here today. No, Jesus is out there looking for you. He's hunting you down, as it were. He has the search party of the Trinity out looking for you. Or as someone once said, that the hound of heaven has your scent and he's chasing you down. Now, I don't know where you're at this morning, but maybe you're out in the cold mountains of sin because you feel that you're not worthy or because you feel that you've maybe broken God's laws or or you've broken God's heart one too many times. On some level, you're out there because you feel that you're not welcome. Friend, if this is you, then I want you to know that Jesus is looking for you specifically. And Jesus welcomes you not just with your gen- not just with your general sin as a sinner, but with your specific sin. Okay, as maybe a, a tax collector. No one likes a tax collector. Boo, hiss, we don't like tax collectors, right? But maybe that's not your your sin. Maybe your sin is that you're a liar or a cheat or you're an adulterer or you're a sinful, angry person. Whatever you're... And what we read in our passage, Luke 15, is that Jesus doesn't just go out to find us. He also gets down on his knees to find us. Right? Luke 15, verse 8. Or what woman who has ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? Now, the thing about sheep is that sheep ultimately make a choice, right? I know that sheep are stupid, but on some level, a sheep has enough of a brain to make a woolly-headed choice somewhere along the way. But a coin, a coin is utterly helpless. It's like in that Lego movie. Have you seen the Lego movie? Anyone seen the Lego movie? Yeah, there's this... um, So... Most of the Lego movie takes place in this fantasy world of Lego. It's epic and it's fantastic and it's wonderful to watch. There's cars that change into aeroplanes and there's vortexes and there's dance numbers and there's interdimensional travel and there's epic you know, battles. Everything is awesome in the Lego movie. However, there's this one scene right at the end of the Lego movie where Emmett, who's played by Chris Pratt, is in the real world... And he's lying, I think he's lying on the floor, and he's trying to move. Only he can't, because he's a Lego man in the real world. He's a piece of plastic. Anyway, in the world of this movie, eventually he manages with an enormous amount of willpower to focus enough energy and effort that he kind of trembles on the floor and like skits along the floor a couple of inches. Because he wants the boy to see him and to rescue him. Okay, so in Luke 15, this coin is like that Lego man, except that the coin can't move at all. Now, let's imagine that that coin has self-awareness, like Emmett in the Lego movie, right? It's aware of what's happening around it. It knows that it's hidden under a shelf in a dark first century home with no lighting at all. And, And it's somewhere where its owner would never look for it. It's lost. 
And it sees, and this coin on the floor from its viewpoint looks up and sees its owner looking for it. It hears, you know, tables being scraped across the floor and the couch pillows being thrown across the room. It hears her growing frustration and it can't do anything about it. It can't shout out, hey, I'm over here. Look over here. Because it's a coin. It's helpless. And so what this coin needs in its helplessness is someone who is so committed to finding it with the same level of commitment that you have when you've lost your phone. You do not rest until you find your phone. In fact, uh, someone found this phone here. If this is your phone, I'll give it to you afterwards, okay? There you go. So... So, but, but, you know, if you lose your phone, nothing else matters until you find your phone again. And so this coin needs someone who has that level of focus to find it. And so, you know, the woman's walking around in her home. It has to be here somewhere. I've got to retrace my steps. Where, where was I last? Someone who will turn over the whole house to find it. And she does. And why does she care so much about this coin? Well, friends, you see, this coin is part of a set. Luke tells us that it's one of ten. And the lost sheep is also part of a set. It's one sheep of a hundred. In other words, both the sheep and the coin truly belong. They have a place. They're part of a set. And when they're not there, they are missed. Now, let's imagine that Stacy's doing a puzzle. Apparently, she likes to do puzzles at home. And uh, let's imagine that Stacy loses a piece of this 1,000-piece puzzle, right? Now, Stacy wouldn't say, well, I still got 999 other pieces. That one last piece, it doesn't really matter. In fact, once I tried to steal a piece from her puzzle while I was over there, and she was on to me like a flash. Okay, Stacy would hunt high and low to find that one piece like the shepherd, like the woman and the coin. And that's how Jesus searches for us. That's how Jesus searches for you. Whether you're lost in stupidity and rebellion like the sheep or lost in utter helplessness like the coin. The fact of the matter is that you're lost and Jesus loves finding lost things. He's like one of those men that uh, we saw out there on the beach in Wales and they're just going up and down with their little metal detectors trying to find stuff right he loves finding lost things he will spend so much time trying to find you and like that woman jesus gets down on his hands and knees and he scours around trying to find where you are so that he can gather in the coin now it might sound strange but the fact of the matter is that not everyone wants to be found not everyone wants to be gathered in And so Luke describes this other group of people in verse 1. It says, all the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him, verse 2, and the Pharisees and the scribes were complaining, this man welcomes sinners, tut, 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 shake the head, and eats with them. Okay, while this safe place is being created for sinners by Jesus, the Pharisees and the scribes are complaining. In fact, the NIV says that they were muttering, muttering, you know, that they were, that they had their voice maybe pitched low enough that they could complain to each other about that. 
man, you know, Jesus Christ and his low standards, but so that no one else was able to hear. Now, do you know people who mutter? Do you know people who complain? Do you know people whose faces seem to be downturned at the mouth pretty much all of the time? Whose noses are raised in disgust? You know, maybe today we call it resting misery face. Do you know anyone with resting misery face who are never happy, who are never satisfied, who are just who are quick to point out the sins and the shortfalls of others, who find some, some twisted pleasure in pointing out how others aren't quite as holy as they are. Do you know people like this? Or maybe you are a person like this. You see, in their mind, yeah, the company that Jesus chose to keep says a lot about who Jesus is a person, uh, who Jesus is as a person. They judged Jesus, and they despised Jesus. And the sad thing is that this very act of muttering excluded them from what was going on. Because the irony here is, of course, that the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes were sinners. Maybe not tax collectors, but they had their own brand or flavor of sin. And Jesus would have loved to have welcomed them in but they're complaining and they're muttering. They're, look at those filthy tax collectors rubbing shoulders with Jesus. This excluded them from his presence. Not that he excluded them, but they excluded themselves. Their muttering revealed a hardness of heart that nothing could overcome, not even the grace of God himself. And unfortunately, they missed out on a heck of a party. What does this party look like? Well, Jesus tells us in verse 5 and verse 9, uh, it says this, When he has found it, the lost sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. In this last bit, can you hear... Jesus' tone of sarcasm, right? Everyone needs repentance. Everyone, even the mutterers, especially the mutterers. And then again in verse 9, when she finds it, the coin, she calls her friends together saying, Rejoice with me because I found the silver coin I lost. I tell you in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. What an incredible verse. There is joy in the presence of God's angels. There's a party going on over one sinner who repents. And only the gathered know this joy. The joy that the self-righteous mutterers are forever excluded from. It's sad. It is tragic. So, I friend, and, and, and so friends, I hope this morning that you realize that you are both a sinner and a tax collector. That you're a sinner in the general sense and a tax collector in that you have your own specific brand of sin that you struggle with, maybe no one else knows about it, but you're particularly ashamed of that weighs on your shoulders all the time. Mine is anger. I can get angry. And I can also want stuff more than I should have. I think self-gratifying thoughts, but as I confess them to Jesus and my close friends and my wife, I become part of the fellowship of the gathered. This is what... 
a disciple does. They find community with other broken people as they own up to their sin and shame and they bring it to Christ. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7 says this, If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, as in if we're honest, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, a bit like you know the scribes and the Pharisees, then we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, but if we confess our sins, if we open up, if we're honest, um, then he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as we wrap up this message this morning, I want to leave us with a word of condemnation. That's what I want to do. I want to leave us with a word of condemnation. A word of condemnation from the mouths of the Pharisees and the scribes. Luke 15 verse 2. Listen to this word of condemnation. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. I'm sure you can hear the scorn dripping from their mouths. I'm sure that you can hear the ridicule and the spite, that you can feel the superiority and the loathing of these people as they condemn Jesus. But friends, Jesus has the last laugh, because I imagine that as these smug religious types look at Jesus and they mutter to each other these words of condemnation, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them, that Jesus looks over at them and he laughs. I know, right? He says. Isn't that great? I welcome sinners and I eat with them. And if that group of tax collectors and sinners happen to hear these words of contempt and condemnation, they would say, hallelujah, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. This man welcomes sinners like me. He, 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 he eats with me. He breaks bread with me. He fellowships with me. I am not excluded. I am not left out on the mountainside. I am not left forgotten under the bookshelf of life. Friends, this is the best kind of news that this man, Jesus, welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so I plead with you to press in with your general sin. We're all broken. And to press in also with your specific sin. That sin that is so big that you think about it every day. Let's come in faith and repentance to Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus will purify us from all sins. And we will find fellowship with other recovering sinners. Hands up if you're a recovering sinner. Okay, look around and see all of the recovering sinners around. Okay, this is the fellowship of the gathered. And so don't exclude yourself from this party of joy and homecoming and fellowship. Come as you are. Experience grace. Press into Jesus. Be one of the gathered, not one of the mutterers. God's love is for everyone. That's what the Queen said. There is no one beyond its reach. And these words from Queen Elizabeth are true. So this morning, as we sing our last song, and I'll invite the worship band upon their stage um, as we sing this last song, Reckless Love, don't just sing it. Instead, live it. Immerse yourself in it. Revel in it. Let's, it, let's rejoice that the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God chases us down, fights until we're found, and leaves the 99. You can acknowledge this morning that you don't deserve it, that you couldn't earn it, but still Jesus gives himself away. He set a table for you. 
there is your name there on that table. And you can choose either to be a sinner who mutters, this man welcomes sinners and eats of them, spits on the floor, or you can hoop and holler, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Lord, I pray that we would choose to press into you, that we would allow you to find us out there on the mountainside, that we would allow you to find us under that shelf in our helplessness, that, Lord God, we would be part of the fellowship of the gathered who find out that in Jesus, the Holy One of the universe, we have a safe place because it is in Jesus Christ that we're cleansed. We don't cleanse ourselves and then come. We, 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 we move, move towards him. And as we come, we are cleansed. We are forgiven. We are transformed. Uh, we, are, we are transformed. We have Jesus' blood that covers all of our sins. That we have Jesus' life as our own. And, and we can claim Jesus' death as our death. And we can claim Jesus' resurrection as our resurrection as we press in. Lord, you are so, so good. And I thank you that you are a God who welcomes sinners and eats with them. Amen.